Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with independent filmmakers. I'm your host, Andrew Froning. Today I have Tim Fershen, a New Jersey filmmaker whose web series, The Jersey Connection, has won eight awards, including Best Crime Short, Best Web Series, Best Director in a Crime Short, Best Cinematography, the list goes on. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, it's funny. We met... Um, at New Jersey Web Festival. Shout out to Neem Basha and Co. Whoa. <laughs> Great guys. Um, and they put that together. And I have a web series called The Connection. Yes, and you do. You have The Jersey Connection. So I thought it was awesome that we were able to make a connection at that connection screening. <laughs> it was good, yeah. It was funny. The Connection, Jersey Connection. Yeah, I like it that. Just, it's just it's just perfect. I love that yeah. they put us together. <laughs> and we we like we like even got a picture together too. I think we did. Where we did. where I was I was like pointing at uh, you know my show's poster. You were pointing at, at uh, you know your show's poster. It was kind of cool. <laughs> no, yeah. That was neat. That was a great time. Um, it was fun. And so you have season one of that out on YouTube right now, right? No, it was on YouTube, but I took it down. I'm having it remastered, and then we're going with a different platform. Oh, awesome. Yes, so cool. that's the the release date of that is TBD. Sure. I'm not exactly sure yet. Okay, so. but it's a good series, so when you get a chance and when it's up, we'll have a link in the description. You can check it out. Um, if you don't see one, wait a week or so. Check again. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so we screened an episode from Season 2. Season two opener, yes. Yeah, and that was yes. that was pretty cool. One of the big things that um, I remember at the Q and A, and the big thing everybody was talking about was your prison set. Prison set, yeah. That was, um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> prison set was good. Um, we uh, that that actually wasn't part of the original of the original plan. I had tried to shoot at an actual prison. Uh, and I scoured all of the all of the uh, tri-state area trying trying to find the prison. I couldn't find one. I found one all the way up in Suffolk County, New York, but it wasn't very logistical. It wasn't practical going all the way up there. Yeah. So I I um, came home one night. I was and and I was I'm telling my parents. I said, What am I going to do about this? Because I, re I I really wanted to make this episode. And then uh, my dad, who was a contractor. He said, "Well, what if we just built it here?" I th I thought he was like out of his mind at first. I'm like, how are we how are we building a full fledged prison set inside our house? But we we like worked out all of the um, dimensions of a particular room in our house. We uh, drew up a, a you know vision board, I guess, like a um, with the architects draw like that. And then I had to make a list of all of the materials that we would need. Uh, uh, you know, lumber, drywall, paint. Uh, plexiglass, all that stuff. So I had to um, go out, buy all that. And then it took us about a week. Uh, I would say 40, 45 hours in total wow. uh, uh, building this thing. And we actually put the finishing touches on it right be right before we started shooting. Okay. So it was a like, very fast pace. But uh, no, it turned out well. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Uh, my father, I, I, I could not have done it without him. So it was... Uh, it was um, quite a feat, I feel, and I'm I'm uh, you know, very proud of it. It um, was, it was, it looked real, 
you know, no one knew. Thanks. And then when you came up in the Q and A and said that was my living room, I'm like, this guy lives in a prison. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> On my old, yeah, just always living in prison, whole yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> so now, like, you know, if you ever, you know, do something, you know, with the car or something, your parents have a place to put you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what great, I man. I, I, we loved it. Everybody, everybody mm-hmm. there just thought it was real. And, I mean, you had a shot um, leading in with, I think, a gate opening or closing. Was that yes. stock footage or... How did that work? That was actually uh, stock footage. It it turns out it's like not the easiest thing finding stock footage that actually works. Yeah. And complements the scene. So I spent a lot of time trying to find a shot of a door, of a of jail door closing, and I and I found that I I tested it out. I said it's uh, you know perfect. So. I wound up going with that, but the shot of the prison outside, the uh, you know establishing shot, was um with an actual drone shot. So I so I I I wound up going to that um, prison. There's like a certain law where the the um, camera has to be a certain amount of feet. Right. Uh, I think it's like 500 feet. So I I I um, did that. I set it up. I got a circling shot of the uh, prison, and um yeah, and I just uh, you know worked it in. So it so it all seemed like it was uh, it was actually inside a visiting room, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's the importance of what shot leads into the next one, and I can I know I've agonized over picking stock footage that needs to set the scene for a location, but in this case, it was inside a location, and it just led into your set, and yes. really made it feel like it was more expansive and bigger and in a prison. Good, good. I'm glad it gave that vibe. So, you know, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, building... Uh, your dad's a contractor. Um, yes. I'm guessing he hasn't built a prison before. What? No, has <laughs> That was a first. A prison. Yeah. <laughs> so how did... Um, how did he approach this? Because this is, this is huge. This is, like, unheard of for me and for many indie filmmakers to build yeah, something I, like this. Yeah, he... he approached it like he had done it before but she hadn't so it was like he was <laughs> it's still just crazy to me he's like oh well uh we'll just stop me and he, you know he was just throwing a bunch of contractor terms at me he's like yeah we can uh, you'll map out here and put and put this thing here and there i'm like all right <laughs> if you say so <laughs> So he said, he said, but I want you to, uh, uh, what I need from you is to um, draw me a sketch, a, a um, storyboard of how you want this to look. I said, okay. So I did that. I put that together. I brought it back to him. And he said, okay, so we will need all of these materials. So I went out, got all those materials. I brought them back. And he just started building. I helped him build too but he was he was like really the one building it right yeah he's the lead "Eh, yeah (laughs) so did you build a three-quarter set it was um all right so in the episode you see it's three visiting boots right that's actually what it was it was like maybe like a i want to say a 20 foot a um 20 foot set wow so um yeah it, it and and it took up most of the room, 
there was like one little walkway path, and that and that was it. We we had a it, it was it was like actually a closed-in set, and and uh, my dad built these uh, retractable doors, if that's what you call them, where he would he would um, pull it off, and then uh, and then um, we would go in and shoot, and then it um, became a closed-off set. Okay. So yeah. Did you use your own walls, or did you build like another? Walled it was in. all built. Wow. Everything was built. Yeah, the the actual room was completely you uh, you didn't see what uh, you didn't see what our actual room looks like. It was just all closed off set. Okay. It was like built in. So Amazing. Yeah. What a way to open a season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to you know, start with an oomph, you know, something. You got to. You got to. I know with um, my web series, we took a day to shoot the opening scene which i do intercut with but you know we just we said all right this is the first day of production this is the tone setter for everything we're going to take extra time you know we're going to get our dolly moves right we're going to you know pull out all the stops and i think it's very important to start something strong yes i agree i you know i'd want to ask you about the um uh, about the dolly shots I, I like using dolly shots too. Do you use a makeshift dolly, or do you use like a a like a like professional standard dolly? Um, it's somewhere in between. Like I think it's yeah. it was made by someone. I don't own it. Um, the two times I've used dollies have been uh, friend setups. One has been like a little skateboard, like triangle on rails, which okay. I love. I need to get one of those um, if I can find. An affordable one, um, and yeah, a place—they're not, not cheap—and a place to put it. Um, yeah. But that was great because it was very mobile. Um, in that case, I was shooting around a table, so I could kind of go this way and then like readjust to a different part of the table very quickly, and then shoot this way. Um, but in the case of the connection, uh, one of my good friends and the producer had their own dolly that they bought, and what we did was we weighted it down with sandbags because. If your dolly is light and bouncing around, it's not gonna look great. I mean, there, there's yeah. some talks of like Francis Ford Coppola um, putting like 900 pounds on a camera dolly and then just having like five guys like just try to push it because that weight, you know, it, it's not, it's not shaky, you know. It just it lends itself that that gravitas of like Ooh, this is cinematic. We're, oh, we're yeah, pushing that's, it. That's actually it's actually a good point. Yeah, more uh, more weights on it. Yeah, so I would. Smoother it goes. Yeah. I actually we had a stool um, for the dolly. I had my camera tripod. We put all the excess sandbags that we weren't using for light, mm -hmm. um, and I sat on the actual dolly. And I think it had a handle, and we had someone pull it. And I just said, pull it as slow as possible, but you know, make sure it doesn't like stop, and it's not like mm -mm -mm, just yeah. make it smooth. Yeah. I wanted a dolly too, but they're they're very expensive dollies. They're not cheap. And once again, um, uh, uh, <laughs> um, contractor dad steps in and says, "I'll build a dolly." Oh, <laughs> all right, cool. Oh snap! <laughs> so yeah, he's um, yeah, he's actually. I have to say, you know, my parents in, in particular are my biggest collaborators. They've been a um, tremendous support system. So that's important know. for any filmmaker. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just really glad I got them, you know. For sure. Now, Tim, that opening prison scene was really cool, and 
in that episode you introduce a new character and I could have sworn I've seen him somewhere before you probably have his name's Peter Green he played villains in The Mask he was uh, Dorian Tyrell in The Mask he was he, he played Zed in um, Pulp Fiction in the um, in the in the um, pawn shop scene Zed he was in Blue Streak. He was in The Usual Suspects. He's uh, been in a bunch of movies. Wow. Uh, he's, yeah. So how did you get him in um, an indie web series? Well, he's actually he's actually he's um, one of my favorite actors. So for the longest time, I've wanted to uh, you know work with him. So season one, I casted mostly friends and family members as the actors. But I thought, you know, I'm I'm go- I'm I'm going to see if I could get if I could get like a Hollywood actor, you know, see if I could do it. So I uh, wrote the role of um, Jordan Blaine, who uh, who um, Peter Green plays. I wrote it specifically for him, and I'm like, all right, let's uh, let's see if I if I can get him. So, <clears throat> and I'm familiar with. Up with his acting style, the, the um, type of characters he plays. So I sort of um, tailor-made the um, part for him. So when I was done with the script, I sent an email to his uh, manager, and the manager sent Peter Green the uh, script. And much to my surprise, he really, really liked it. He was a big fan of it, and and he said, he said, I'm on. I'll wow. do it. Yeah, so... <laughs> It uh, I was like really nervous, <laughs> so I, I like I like wound up meeting with him and and then we talked about the script, we uh, set a shoot date, um, and you know it, it worked out, and uh, you know so I was you know pleasantly surprised and and um, I'm very proud of it. So as you should yeah. be. What did he yeah. think entering your house and all of a sudden he was in a prison? Well, <laughs> he was really surprised, you know. <laughs> he, he was surprised. He's like, "Oh, I thought." Well, he wasn't. He wasn't completely surprised. I told him beforehand, "We're shooting at my house," and he says, "Wait, we're not shooting in a prison." I said, "No, we're shooting at at my house, on a prison set." He said, "Okay." <laughs> um, and then uh, what what ended up happening was uh, he stayed at my house. For the weekend, and uh, so I, I like had him there all um weekend. We spent all day rehearsing, and uh, then we um, wound up shooting it. And because we spent all day rehearsing, uh, Peter Green and uh, the other actor Darius Elliott were were just like on point. So we wound up shooting that entire scene in maybe. Five hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He had a lot of great things to to say about the set and about everything, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm just like really glad that he thought as highly as he did about the, you know, about everything. Sure. Because uh, based off of like my experience alone, if you want to get like a high caliber actor like that, um, just like just like try and like write something that you feel would like really resonate would like really resonate with them. Uh, pick an actor that you like really like it, and it could be anybody and try and like write a role that y- you feel would like, would like really appeal to them 
how they like to act, what their style of acting is, what types of movies they've done. And that you know might increase your chances of getting that particular actor on board. So great that tip. Would, that would be my advice. Yeah. Great tip because you know they say um, I have a TV pilot that I'm shopping yes. around, and one of the first questions they ask is, uh, "Are there any names in it?" And, <laughs> and it's like, well, everybody's got a name, but <laughs> not every indie film has a has a name. So I think. If you have a project, um, that's a great way to go about it. If you really want something, say, on a streaming service, um, that's what they're looking for. So if you do your research, if you look into these actors that you know and you're a fan of their work, you know the type of roles that they like, or you may be the person to say, you know, you're really good, but you, you don't often get enough of this, and I feel like you might like it, they might respond. Yes. Well, that was that was actually part of it too. It's, uh, um, you know, he's always played he's always played a villain, mm. and, um, you know, I thought I would give him something that's sort of that's that's not that's not, that's um, kind of similar to like what he's done, but I wanted to you know, make it different enough where it would like really appeal to him. Mm. So he like played he played a very emotional role here. It was he wasn't really playing a villain. He was just he was just playing a father who who is a former crime boss, and and um, now he's in prison and he's and he's got a lot of time to um, think. He's thinking about his son, so it was it was just a much more visceral role for him, and I thought he would like that. So, I think it's a combination of like what they've all what what they've already done, and what they haven't done, and I'm trying and trying like make a mesh. You know if that makes sense. For sure, and yeah. he showed a lot of range there, and obviously that was all written. Um, so giving someone the opportunity to do a little more acting, um, maybe a, a little less of the typical, you know, stand over here and now you deliver a line and now we focus on everyone else, you know, something more catered to them, I think is just going to help any actor. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I how, how did he, um, obviously he's a name, he's stepping into your house, your set, um, did he have any, um, contributions to the way everything turned out or did he just really just riff off the script? Well, there was one, um, <clears throat> uh, for the most part, he had, he had, he had stuck to the script. There were a couple of lines where he, uh, he had, um, kind of fumbled and he, and he just sort of like rolled with it. Like there was one line I don't know if you remember it, but he was telling the story about the prison tattoo. Yeah. And he and he gets to a and he gets to a part in that monologue where he had to say cotton candy, but he for, he forgot the line. So he's like that um um pink shit. What's that called? Like that. So there were there were a couple of lines where he had fumbled, but he still like made it work. There were there were a couple of lines where he sort of like you know reworded it a little bit. Right. But like ninety five percent of that was was the uh, script, and um, you know, and 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 he sold it well, I think. And the um, prison tattoo itself, uh, in in the script, was supposed to be a um, professionally made tat. It was like an actual tattoo that you know that um, you would get at like a tattoo shop. But he said, "What if this was a jailhouse tat?" 
what if I got this what if I got this while I was in prison? Right. It would it would it would like lend a lot more meaning to the to the um, story. And I said, that's actually a very good point. All right, well uh, you'll give it a shot and see how it looks. And you know what? I'm 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 really glad I'm like really glad he said that because it it turned out a lot better. So yeah. Great. That's that's, that's a great contribution. That's one of yeah. the things I remember about it. You know, puts his hand up and the paw. Yeah, <laughs> that was good stuff. And like and for good. those who, most of you haven't seen it because it's not released, but he that that whole episode was almost a monologue for him. Like there's back and forth, but there was there was a lot that um that he went over. So yeah. I, I could definitely yeah. see memorization failing at times. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but no disrespect just, to the actor. It's like no, it, it was it, a lot. It, it to just read. happens. Yeah. yeah, it it happens, and it, you know, I mean, if you fumble, it's fine. But just try to. I'm like, oh, I hope he just like rolls with it, and he did, and it it turned out fine. Okay, we we're talking about um, dialogue and your web series, and especially this episode that we were talking about is very dialogue centric. Yes. Um, and it's it's not typical. It's not the typical dialogue. You know, it's not. You know, just just generic this or that. There's a lot of dialogue. Um, it's very meaningful. It's very. It feels real. Like there's someone in a prison, and. He's speaking to a family member, and he's like pouring his heart out. You know, when you're in prison, obviously there's a lot of time to self-reflect. And yes. just the whole situation felt so real. How did you go about writing that? Well, uh, I've never been to um, prison, so it wasn't based haven't. on. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it wasn't based on like any experience, but I was just, um, you know, I was thinking if you go to prison and you're just you're just spending all of your time inside a cage, you know, you spend a lot of time thinking. You know, and you're not with your family, you're not seeing them, you don't know what they're up to. So, if you do see them, how would you respond? You'd be very emotional, you would be very wordy, you would you would want to get, get, like, get, like, everything out. And if you sense that they're not in, like, a right state of mind, or if they're, like, or if they're, like, doubting their um, place in the world, you can't help but just kind of... And still, like a little bit of tough love in them, and get and and dumb get loud and get angry. But it's all from it's all from like a place of love. Sure. So I took all of that into account, and then I just started writing it. And uh, and how I do it is I just start I start I start every script with the um, dialogue. I don't start writing the action first. I know a lot of people uh, write the action first. I I I prefer writing dialogue first, and um. I don't know. It's just something that's hard to like really articulate because I just I just really enjoy writing dialogue and I I do it so much that it just it uh it just comes out. You know, yeah. I can't I can't I can't really explain like how I come up with it. Um, I mean, I will say like I I will draw a lot of inspiration from listening to like you know other people's conversations. Uh, remembering my own conversations, and I guess I just soak it up like a sponge, and then I just put it down on the on paper. And that's very important for yeah. the rhythm of speaking. You know, I've I've seen films where 
it's like an equal back and forth or one person really dominates and then the other person mostly only listens and then what yes. they ask it doesn't quite lead into what happens next so listening to real conversations you get a feel for the rhythm or someone wouldn't say that or even just reading your dialogue out loud yes. um does this sound right are there words next to each other that just are difficult to say because that's going to reflect on when someone reads it you know if they have trouble saying it then it's yeah, gonna, it doesn't might really get work. changed yeah <laughs> or it's going to be um, a weird result yeah yeah well it's um yeah i i mean if you uh and like even even if you like write a line of dialogue and it and you say it out loud, and it sounds good to you. Like this might be something that you know that uh, you know you would say. No, like everybody words things differently. So you might you might get an actor that will read that particular line and say, "Well, it'd be more comfortable for you know me personally right. if I switched this around." But the actual line itself is 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 like still the same. You know, it's just right. like a different yeah. It's, different it's ways. structured differently. Sure. And yeah. um, I always tell actors when that happens. Um, like, just as long as you know the meaning behind the line, why you're saying this, you know, if you want to change a word or two, yeah, that that's totally fine, as long as it's still as strong in its purpose. I, I agree, yeah. Yeah, um improvising though i don't some filmmakers may feel completely differently about this but i don't like improvising at all okay. i mean like i said if you if 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 you're delivering a line and if you word it a little differently that's fine if, if you tack on you know if you tack on an extra line okay but I don't like improvising where actors you know if they think they can just uh, you know walk onto the set and and just start riffing without like asking me or, or I'm talking to me about it I don't care for that mm -hmm. I find I find it unprofessional and um, you know the um, way I see it part of your job as an actor is to is to um, deliver the lines that somebody else wrote that's a big part of acting is um, taking that and and just making it sound real mm -hmm. so but but like how uh, do you feel about improvising Ooh, it's actually interesting that you asked me that. Um, yeah. I had done an improv comedy um, skit. I guess you could call it a web series before I had any idea what a web series was. Um, we made a couple yeah. improv comedy skits. And um, I, as cameraman and director, was improving as well. We would sit down. We'd have some food. We would take 30 minutes. No more, no less. Maybe less, but usually no more. And come up with characters, come up with a setting, come up with like a basic idea. Then we'd go out to a location, we would shoot it. Um, everything was completely improv. You know, as a director, I could, you know, make a couple notes and suggestions to where I thought it was going to go. Um, all the dialogue, completely improv. And it was a fun experiment. It was really cool. Um, yeah. I would actually love to shoot maybe, maybe, I don't know, a feature, but like a longer format thing in that way. But everyone needs to have an understanding right, of yes, what it's about. Yes, exactly. So there's a time yes. and a place, and there are certain projects. And if you've got a great writer, and they've put all that work into it, I mean, for an actor, if something isn't working for them, 
that's okay. That's that's a hurdle that you have to cross when you get there. Right. But for the most part, um, if you've got a good script and the script is tight, <clears throat> might be no need to alter it. Yeah, I agree. And that's just how I am. I I I, I like to write everything, and I put a lot of time into it. So, you know, I'm obviously biased a little bit because, uh, you know, I like to write. I, 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 I am a writer, so, you know, if I ever encountered an actor who just who just said, no, I just, I just want to improvise it, I, I wouldn't take very kindly to it, mm. you know? And, but if, if you want to improvise, it's something that has to be established well before production begins. Because you still have to have you still have to have like a uh, you know round table or a um, table read. You have to uh, you know workshop it, you know. Which is still like a part of writing, I um, I guess. But mm-hmm. but it's so, more yeah. in the development yeah. than just in production. Hey, can I try this? Right. Yeah. Now let me ask you: um, the ultimate improvisation, Rucker Hauer, his monologue at the end of Blade Runner, completely made up by him, I believe, on the day. I don't know to what extent it was discussed with Ridley Scott but what are your feelings on that or does that kind of make you think a little about that well Rucker is an anomaly (laughs) I'll tell you what if all right there are like rare exceptions I would say like you would have to be a pretty damn good actor to walk onto a set with no workshopping, no anything, and just improvise a monologue like that. I'll tell you what, if you can improvise a monologue like that, I won't say a word to you. I'll just <laughs> I'll just I'll just like shake your hand, man. Because that really is a brilliant monologue, but uh yeah. <laughs> anything anything below that, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it, it just better be damn good if you're going to if you know, if you're taking a chance like that. It's got to be really good, I think. You know, I've got a filmmaker friend, and his motto is, "Anything that makes a film better." Yeah. So, you can be open to try things. Um, if someone has a suggestion, I'll always entertain it. You know, I'll always at least think about it um, and give it real thought, or we could try it out. Um, but if I don't feel it makes the film better, then we got to do something differently. Yeah, of course. And it's like also a matter of you know time restraints too. Like if if we're really ahead schedule, let's just say for the sake of argument, if we're really ahead schedule, and you know one of the actors says, "I had this like really good idea for for like a monologue that I that I could put in this scene," I would say, "Okay, well, you know what is it? Tell um tell me it. If I feel it works, okay, we'll try we'll try and like we'll we'll you know play with it." But, you know, time is always of the essence. And you don't always have time to try out every, like, on-the-spot thing and see if it'll just work later. So that's why I said, you know, if you if you want to improvise, I, I think your best course of action would be to bring it up before you're on the set so you can actually unplan for it because, because otherwise you're just going to be you know, racing against the clock and just seeing... You know, is this going to work? Is is I'm not going to work? So right, and time is know. time is money, and time is time is time. Yeah, we don't yeah. have a lot of it. So no, that, we don't. All, for all the actors out there, have the discussion beforehand. Um, at Please. least at least pre pre write something and 
you know, we'll uh, we'll definitely entertain it if, uh, if yeah. it makes the film better. Yes, absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. Tim, it's been great talking with you. Thank you so much. Where Thank can you, um, where can everyone see your work? Uh, okay, so the Jersey Connection season one um, will be available on Amazon Prime Video in the in the foreseen future. I can't give you an exact mm-hmm. date, but you can follow my Instagram page at the Jersey Connection series, and all of the updates will be on that page. But it. But season one will will be uploaded onto Amazon Prime Video, as will season two, when season two is completed, which again is to be is uh, is um to be determined. Yep, during this pandemic, it's during this during it this slowed pandemic, everything yeah. down. It just yep. sucks. <laughs> Let us get outside. <laughs> I want to work, man. I want to work. All right, I'll have links below to everything in the description. Thanks again, Tim, for going indie depth. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. I appreciate it, man.